hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Wow, I told myself that I wasn't going to cry today. <laughs> it didn't go very well. <laughs> so good morning, all you beautiful, beautiful people. I'm Fiona Smith, I'm married to Matt. He's a Fonterra milk tanker driver, hard-working fella. And so often I'm here by myself and that's why he's not here today. He's, out, he's driving a, a milk tanker, but I know he's praying for me. Um, we have three very beautiful daughters, um, and I'm honorary mum to lots of their friends, which I just love. I work as a medical administrator, and today I'm beginning the new series called I Love My Church. Yeah. And I, I really do. I really, really love my church. I love my church, and you know what? I love you guys. By God's grace, I love you. This is actually my happy place. I have felt God's presence here more times than I can count. I've received um, healing, ministry, I've laughed, I've cried, uh, especially on the baptism Sundays. I have to remember not to bother with makeup on those days because I just, I cry the whole time. I've found answers to problems that I've been battling with. I've received incredible discipleship and teaching. I've developed as a person. I've made beautiful connections here with wonderful people. I've walked with Jesus through the hard times and through the good times too. Um, and I have generously been given the opportunity to learn and grow in a leadership position in this house alongside some very godly men and women. Matt and I have brought our children up in this house. I've served next to some very talented and gifted musicians in this church, and I, I count this as a huge privilege. Grace, Lisa, Alini, Mel, all the worship team. I've learned so much off of all of you, and I really, really love worshiping with you guys. So many lovely people here using their gifts and talents for the glory of God. Amen. I've cried with many of you, and I've prayed with many more of you here together on a Sunday, and just me and Jesus, sometimes in the night. And we do life together, don't we? We walk the road, let's travel together. We are a family. I just love my church. I love the diversity here, and I don't mean to have favourites, but how gorgeous are our Filipino family? (laughs) They're just so kind and so happy and so enveloping and just, Oh, they're just so gorgeous, so hospitable. And what about our beautiful Pacifica and Māori family? I love how you guys love the Lord, and Jesus really shines out of your faces. Our South African family, so vibrant and so talented. Wow, I'm so inspired by you guys. Our South American family, love you guys. I look, look about you this morning, I think there's at least 40 people that have, um, 40 of your brothers and sisters who have served today to bring you this service. That's mind-blowing, really. All of those people serving us 
and the Lord. It's very inspiring. I really love my church. Proverbs 11.25, they who water others will also be watered themselves. A great church has a huge amount to do with strong leadership. Now I have to try and hold it together, I'm not going to look at you guys. (laughs) Carl and Lisa, thank you for the immeasurable amount of ministry you have poured into me and my family. The spiritual growth in me under your leadership and teaching, wow, I'm just really grateful. Lisa, I so value your listening ear and your wisdom. I've watched, you how, I've watched how you relate to each other as a couple. I've observed how you have raised your children. I've learned so much from you both, and I am very thankful to my Heavenly Father for you. Very thankful. I really love you guys. Can I suggest that this week you stop and encourage your pastors and remind them that you are thankful and that, you, that they have your full support and prayers? Although, side note to that, just not on a Friday, it's actually, because that's their day off. I'm not sure if you all know, but they have Friday off, so not on a Friday, any update. Let's also remember what the Bible clearly tells us to do when it comes to those who carry the authority to lead the local church. Hebrews 13, 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this, that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. My sermon is entitled, I Love My Church. There's a reason for that. The reason why I love my church is because of the people. There are so many quality people here. I just wouldn't have time to mention everybody, but I do have to honour the Raukawa family. Brad and Anna sewed into our girls when they were our youth pastors. They prayed for them and cared for them so well and helped mould them into the incredible young ladies that they are today. Anna has been a constant encouragement and influence in all three of our children's lives. That's huge, that's gold. Brad and Anna, we love you guys. I'm not looking at you again. (laughs) We love you guys and your five beautiful children so much. I have prayed and I will continue to pray for all of you. David and Linda, such wisdom, grace, fun, ministry, quality people that we have been so pleased to know. And Linda is also a work colleague. And you know, she brings all those qualities with her to the workplace. She is the real deal. A solid rock in times of uncertainty and stress, except when she can't remember her passwords. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. (laughs) Jenny and Bernie, so very kind and such servant hearts. Ruby and Jeremy, so young and yet so mature in the Lord. You have blessed our family more than you know. I pray and I will continue to pray for your little family. You're so precious to me and Ruby, I am so proud of you. Carmen and Michael, more incredible people. Um, Our middle girl, Sophie, is off, um, she's nearly finished high school and she's going to be doing a management degree starting next year. And we were in Formosa uh, having a wee date. Sophie and I, a wee while back, and Michael and Carmen were there. And Michael said to Sophie, 
hey, what are you doing next year? And Sophie explained, I'm going to do a degree in management. And he said, hey, that's fantastic. You'll be so good at that, Sophie. But right there in the middle of the restaurant, he had a word for her about leadership and the mantle of leadership over her life. And, oh, as a mum, oh, that was just gold. I was, that was so encouraging. And I was so, so thrilled that he spoke into her life. So good. Claudia and Henry, Mel and Megan, Ian and Sarah, Sharon and David. There's just so many people with big hearts that are genuinely lovely, caring people. Amanda and Murray. You know, this has happened a number of times. Murray has walked into the room and he has literally ushered in the Holy Spirit. Like, whoa, the presence of God is just incredible. And you know that's because he's spent many hours with God that day. Like, it's just very evident to me, and I just think they're incredible people. So I could keep going, but you guys get the idea. So thinking about all these people, what is it that makes them the way that they are? Yes, they all know and serve Jesus, but there is something really evident in all of their lives. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So I wrote this sermon quite a number of weeks ago, actually in the Christchurch Library. Um, you know God has a sense of humour, right? He, he really does. <laughs> I told Rosie that I was going to be writing and doing some study in the Christchurch Library, and she said, oh, Mum, you'll be with all the loonies. <laughs> so I encountered a loony in the lift going up. Um, but as I was going to be studying and writing on um, the fruit of the Spirit, I really did have to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness to this loony. Um, I, I just thought it was funny. God, he does have, have, have a sense of humour. So the fruit of the Spirit are commonly known. Most of you will know what they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some of you might even have these memorised. But... I think they're commonly misunderstood. What is actually being talked about? So let's read the passage from Galatians. I think that's probably a good place to start. Galatians 5:22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that's another word for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I spent heaps of time thinking about this topic and I came to the conclusion that most people think that the fruit of the Spirit is a list of good qualities or good characteristics to have. Well, it is, it is good to be loving. It's good to be peaceful. I am the ultimate peacemaker. I hate it when people aren't happy <laughs> and it, it does grieve me. Um, I hate conflict. Is anybody else the same? It's good to be patient. It's almost like the writer is saying, hey, these are the ways that we should live. These are things that we should strive for, and these are things to work on in your life. But I think there is a different approach to this. The first word in verse 22 is but. If there's something I learned from a couple of years at Bible College way back in the dark ages, is this, we always need to what we always need to do when looking at a piece of scripture is to put it back into context and to see what Paul is actually saying. So he's using a contrast here. Anytime there is a but in the Bible, it means that you also need to look back and see what was just said. So let's back up to verse 16. I'll read from there and let's see if we can get some hints around some context. Verse 
And it says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. Gosh, that's a lot of stuff. He goes on, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, ah, there we go, there it is. In contrast to all those bad things, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, keep up, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. It's quite the, prep, the passage, isn't it? But that really puts some context around it. It talks about the acts of the flesh. If we lived apart from the Spirit and just lived on our own internal thoughts and whims, this leads to a whole list of bad stuff. But if we live a Spirit-filled life, if we live a life that is focused on the Holy Spirit, is living in me, and that connection, then we see all that good stuff, the love, joy, the peace, etc., I think this comparison is really important and what I see, what it reads to me is, I see an opportunity for some self-assessment, asking myself the question, what, what am I seeing in my life? Do I see jealousy, discord, fits of rage? Do I see acts of the flesh or am I seeing the fruit of the spirit? This is one of those passages in the Bible that acts as a mirror. It's an opportunity to go back and look at your life, do a little self-assessment. So the fruit of the Spirit is, is not just a list of nice character qualities. They are good things to have, of course, because it's the fruit, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. If you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. It is a look at how close your attachment is to Jesus, how close your attachment is to the vine. So going back to the people that I mentioned earlier, they're all very attractive. We, you're drawn to those people. We want to be like them. They shine Jesus. They lift up. They don't drag down. Those people all have a strong attachment to the vine. John 15, Jesus is speaking. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that, it, so that it does bear more fruit, so you will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me... You will be nothing. So we really have to go back to the fruit and vine chapter when talking about the fruit of the Spirit. To me, it reads pretty true that no branch can be a fruit by itself. Therefore, if you go back to living with the acts of the flesh, if you are living by yourself, not attached to the vine, 
then you saw that list of bad stuff that, that you get. We don't, you don't get any fruit. Well, not good fruit anyway. The fruit comes when you remain in the vine. You need to remain in the vine to get the nutrients to bear the fruit. So that's where I think the approach, uh, this approach to the fruit of the Spirit is worth thinking about and it's worth spending some time on. The fruit of the Spirit is not just a checklist of things to work on, i.e. nine things on the list. I need to work on patience, I need to work on self-control. People approach it as a character, a checklist of character qualities that you test yourself against and say, oh, well, I'm pretty good at being joyful, but I'm not so good at self-control, so I'll work on that today. Or they say something like, I'm going to pray for patience. Don't ever do that. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> what the fruit of the Spirit is, write this down if you're taking notes, what the fruit of the Spirit is, it's assessing your connection with the Holy Spirit. It's assessing your connection with the Holy Spirit. It is not assessing what you need to work on with your character qualities. It's assessing how are you connected with God right now. So if you're, if you're noticing a lack of patience in your life, the answer shouldn't be, I need to work on patience. It should be, I need to work on my connection with Jesus. Hmm. Such a different way of looking at it, right? You know when your quiet times have fallen by the wayside, you keep forgetting to talk to God about things, you haven't made it to life group in ages, or even managed to get to church. Think about those times. Things start to turn to custard, and you know in your heart of hearts that you didn't portray the fruit of the Spirit in that situation. You don't have any patience with your family, and you don't act in love. The answer isn't just that you need to be more patient. The answer is, I haven't had my connection with God time. Stop and talk to him. Make that connection. Restart how your day is going. If you're in a situation where things have turned to custard and you, you know that you didn't portray the fruit of the Spirit in any way, shape or form in that situation, you didn't respond in love the way that you should have, you didn't keep peace in the house the way that you should have, take a moment and self-assess. Realise that you have been lacking a connection with God. Maybe you haven't been talking with Jesus. It doesn't have to be a, f a formal set time. I just chat away with him all day. Sometimes it's just, oh God, please help me with this. And not just to myself. Well, probably sometimes I do say it out loud. And maybe it's been a while since you intentionally read some scripture or read and thought about a devotional. Did you just wake up and start your day? You didn't pray, you didn't read your Bible, you didn't even think about God, other than, oh God, the cat's weed on the carpet. <laughs> so if these fruits are what it looks like to have a healthy attachment to Jesus, and there's times in my life when it seems like I don't have the fruit, we don't need to fix, focus on fixing the fruit we need to focus on fixing our attachment with Jesus. Now, in gardening, we know this instinctively, Julia, correct me if I'm wrong. If a piece of fruit on your tree is rotten, you don't try and paint it and make it look better. You don't try and fix it because it's rotten. You go back to the source. 
Does the soil have proper nutrients? Is it getting water? Is the tree, if the tree is producing bad fruit, then you've got to start asking what's going on with the tree, not the fruit itself. The fruit is more of an evidence, so you can't fix that until you fix what's happening at the roots. If your roots are in Jesus Christ, if you are not seeing fruit in your life, you need to go back and revisit the relationship. Okay, I need to spend more time with him. I need to refocus my heart and mind on him, and then the fruit that grows will become healthier and healthier. Again, if we are not healthily attached to Jesus, then we can't expect to see healthy fruit, no matter how much we want to see it. No matter how much we focus on the fruit itself, we're just not going to see it. It's only going to happen when we focus on Jesus. If you find yourself feeling unloving or not feeling any joy or any peace, go through the list. If you really feel like you don't have fruit in your life right now, instead of telling yourself to work on it, maybe just ask yourself how your quiet times are going or even something like how grateful to God are you? Have you been coming to church? Are you getting fellowship? Are you being fed? Are you planted in the house of God, this house? It's incredible people here. We have excellent teaching and ministry here. Are you serving? That's a key one to being planted. Being vulnerable, asking for prayer during ministry time. Being part of the house of God, this house. It's crucial to being attached to the vine and putting down your roots. Because we, when your connection with God is your highest priority, we can expect, based off of this verse, based off of what we see the fruit of the Spirit is, when your connection with God is your highest priority, we can expect to see fruit blossom in our lives. And when these fruit blossom, which means they're evident, you're seeing them, you're feeling them, that means they trickle down and it affects every other area of your life. I can guarantee you that the people that I mentioned earlier all have a great connection with Jesus because it's evident in their fruit. Here's some encouragement to you. So much of what we learn here at Ashburton New Life about spiritual growth, discipleship, about what you're seeing in your life, a lot of that really does go back to your relationship with God. Are you giving him time? Are you letting him speak into your life? Are you cultivating that friendship with God? Or is he just there, you know he's there, you know what Jesus did for you, all that stuff, but you don't have that relationship that you can cling to, that we see in John 15. He is the source, he is the vine, and if you want to see fruit in your life, then you've got to cultivate and care for and manage and love that relationship, that connection that you have with the vine, with Jesus. It's not like you spend time with Jesus and you instantly have patience. Growth takes time. A seed takes a long time to germinate and grow. It's a long time before anything pops up from the soil. Don't start making extreme expectations. Oh, I can't do a 30-minute quiet time. Instead, and this is a key point, trust that God honours the heart motivation. Trust that God honours the heart motivation. Anna and Georgie and so many of you here in a season of life with little kids, you're, you're no more likely going to spend 30 minutes doing a quiet time than you are going to join NASA and fly to the moon. <laughs> I remember what that time was like. You don't get five minutes to yourself, let alone 30 minutes. 
But you know what, God? Oh, these are my babies. There I am with my babies. They're all young adults and teenagers now, but I was in the thick of it not that long ago, so I can relate and I see you guys and I pray for you and I know what it's like. Sometimes you feel like you're just so ineffective for God and you've got no time with him, but he honours your heart motivation. So even if you've locked yourself in the toilet for two minutes to get away from them and you've just sung a little bit of a worship song or you've just cried out, God, please help me, he, he loves that. That's so precious to him. He is a good father. He is kind. He's gracious. He's so loving. He wants the best for us. We slip up. We miss days connecting with him. We panic first instead of praying first. I'm 50 years old and I've been a believer since I was nine. You'd think I'd have it all together by now. Well, I don't. Far from it. But God is gracious. He knows my heart. He loves those quick, earnest prayers as much as those long ones. It's a genuine connection, and I adore it. I work in the health sector, and unfortunately, the public can be quite difficult and very rude at times. <clears throat> we get sworn at on a weekly basis, yelled at, treated really badly sometimes. It's really stressful, and it is quite exhausting. But God... A gentle answer turns away wrath. It really does. I don't think I could rely on my own strength to treat someone graciously and kindly with patience and self-control without my connection with God. I need my connection with God and the fruit of the Spirit in my life on the daily to manage it my job. I just don't think I could do it without those things. He brings peace to situations. He is the still quiet voice that brings wisdom and helps me deal with really difficult, wound up, fiery people. I don't get it right all the time, but I can attest to a day started with God means he and I can deal with difficult situations with rude, grumpy people. His peace and his presence is like a balm over my soul and a balm over the situation. I've seen it happen many times over the years. Thank you, Lord. He is so amazing. He is so good. So it's about the heart motivation. We, we, he will honour your five minutes when you have to go and lock yourself in the bathroom, otherwise the kids will come and find you. Sometimes that's all you have that day, but you know it's going to put you back in connection with God. And you know God's always there. He doesn't move away. It's we move away, don't we? We've got to stay close to him. He's always there, though. He's waiting. He's just waiting. He's, he's very gracious. It could be that you have some time to get into your Bible or have a read of your daily Bible app. Just those little things will go a long way and hopefully you will have time to do a little bit more each time. But the time that you have, offer it. And what you'll find is, read a little bit and then next time you get your Bible, you're like, I kind of want more. It's like a thirst. It's interesting. And then you read a bit more and you're like, oh, half an hour's gone by and I've really enjoyed that and I've got so much out of it. Um, this morning I was reading in Genesis and you know like all the genealogy and stuff and I was like really getting into it. I thought, oh, that's, that's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yep. I'm an early riser. I love the wee small hours of the morning. 
Ah, the serenity. It's, a, it's quiet, nobody needs me, so I grab my word for today and my, and my message Bible and I spend some time with Jesus. It's such a balm to my soul. Just try and be consistent. Keep telling yourself, oh, I need to be connected to the vine. Figure out ways to prioritise that in your life and put your hand up to serve at church. You'll be so blessed. Don't miss a Sunday. I love my church. I don't want to miss a Sunday. Here are some quick quick questions you can ask yourself as you go through your week. Am I going to God's word every day? Am I talking with God about his word? Spending time with God. It's a conversation, not just a download. It's a dialogue between you and him. It's um, He's teaching, you're learning from him. This can be through prayer and journaling if you're into that. Am I thanking God, the importance and power of gratitude? Are you talking to God about your day? Am I spending time with my brothers and sisters and God's family? We really have some very quality people around us here. We're so blessed with this church. Have I planted my family into this church? Who we surround ourselves with radically impacts everything in our lives. We are relational beings, that's how God made us. Do my friends betray the fruit of the Spirit? Am I seeing the fruit of the Spirit in my life? If I'm not seeing these things, think about your connection time with God. I would love to pray for my precious church family, and if you would like me to add you to my prayer list, please please come and let me know. Yes, I love my church, and I love you. Thank you, thank you, Fiona. That was such a rich word. Blaze the fruit of the Spirit or the most gracious person that you can think of at the